Your host, Parker, Dan, and Angela, slice and dice their way through the good. If it bleeds, we can kill it. The bad. You brought the devil! There's a devil inside everyone. And the ugly movies you love. And you can't piss on hospitality! I won't allow it! Hold your favorite films and franchises tight, because they aren't safe. In fact, it's already too late. It's time to dissect that film. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Dissect That Film podcast, a podcast that dissects the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite films and film franchises. I am your host, Brett Parker. Joining me, as always, my wonderful co-host, Dan and Angel of DNA Gaming. Hello. Or Parker DDS and Seymour and Audrey. And Audrey Audrey 2's here, too. Look at Oh, for anyone who is not watching on YouTube, uh, Audrey 2 is here. Uh, hanging out hopefully uh dan and angela are safe and they won't be eating tonight yeah it's still this one's still growing we just we picked it up a little while ago that's why it has the sign it can't speak yet so it's, i don't know it's it starts speaking pretty early so yeah, maybe it's yeah. just it's hiding something from you that may be yeah <laughs> she got it so if anything bad goes wrong i'm blaming her for it <laughs> so if you didn't know what we were talking about today we are talking about the 1986 a uh, comedy musical, Little Shop of Horrors. Now, the most menacing musical comedy ever to paint the silver screen, Dream, Little Shop of Horrors. Where did you get such a weird flair? You get thrilled to the romance. Will you marry me? Witness the drama. You'll be a You have a talent for causing pain. I've been saving all month for this. I think I need a root canal. I'm sure I need a long, slow root canal. Feed me, Crawford! Feed me now! Savor the spectacle of the first plant in motion picture history ever to sing for its supper. Starring Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, Vincent Gardenia, with a special appearance by Steve Martin. James Belushi, John Candy, Something. and Bill Murray. It's your professionalism that I respect. Little Shop of Horrors. And uh, I'm, to be honest, this is our first musical we've ever covered on the show. Dan has You're always welcome. been so excited every time we'd mention a musical. And usually it's Rocky Horror, but we're not talking One about day. Rocky One day. One day. It will happen. Uh, it is. Of course, week one of our coverage of wait, is this week one? It is. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna start <laughs> that going. again. No. I'm gonna start that again. Uh, so yeah, in. so th- <laughs> <laughs> so this is week one of our month of nineteen eighty six, as we are now venturing into Dan's birth year, and we are covering Angela's pick, which uh she, of course she's bringing us our first musical, which is very exciting. But we are not just going to talk about the 1986 classic. We are also going to talk about the 1960 classic because I, not that I was part of the assignment, but I did watch the original 1960 version on my own accord. I just wanted to watch it and see how different it was so that we could talk about it a little bit. We talked about that. I'm going to put it on our fucking wheel for Monster Zone. It's going to get its own fucking episode just to be spiteful. With the 1961? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, Let's, go ahead, do Let's do, right, do go it. Good. Good. 
Um, so Angela, why don't we talk about why you picked this movie for 1986? Mainly because it was a musical. <laughs> I was going to get him to watch one at some point. And this is one of those movies that I tried to watch as a kid. Didn't get like the full, I think I may have watched like maybe a third of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's a lot I'm like, I remember that, but then there's parts I'm like, don't remember that. And it was one of those that I wanted to revisit, but I was like, Ooh, perfect timing. Sure. So, yeah. Dan, do you have a history with this movie? Um, when I was a kid, I would play video games, and there was a giant plant in Joe and Mac that was very similar. Yes, to this plant. it was. And oh was my a- God, Dan! I if I could hug you, I would because n- I never hear anyone ever talk about Joe and Mac. That is one of for one. I never beat that game. It's fucking I would hard. Only play like the first three levels, and then I would die a lot. And then I just we move on to another game. Like that's how Super Nintendo always worked for me growing Dude, up. Dude, do you know what's worse though? Apparently, I never played the Genesis version, but there was an NES version of Joe and Mac, and the plant in that, which it does not do this in the Super Nintendo version. If you get too mm-hmm. close to the plant in the NES version, it just instantly eats you and you die. Just boom, huh. and you're done, and spit your bones out. It does not do it in the Super Nintendo version. I have beat Joe and Mac, but it's a great game, and I didn't even play the second one, Lost in the Tropics. But yeah, like nobody talks about you. No yeah, one ever talks about Joe and Mac. There's like, we're talking about Joe and Mac right now. There's a fucking third game. <laughs> what? Yes. When nobody did that come out? Uh, it was also on the Super Nintendo. All three of them oh came. I think God. they're by Data East. I anyway, only know about the first one. Oh, oh and um, uh, another reference I got to make before I talk about this is uh, there's a giant plant monster in the awesome NES game Monster Party. Um, which also has some, it's a reference, of course, to this. And then that's it. And uh, this is a musical, and that's it. That's all I have to say about the movie. Did the piranha plants in the Mario games come out after this movie? Or were they part of the original games? They were in the original games, which I know predate this film. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, technically the mo- the original movie predates Super Mario, but the way that Audrey yes. looks in this movie, very much like a supersized piranha plant from the Mario game. Well, you, well. It, admittedly, the piranha plants also looked a bit different in the original version, and they right. got that kind of like the iconic like look over at you after this right. movie. So they would just only like they would just go up and down in mm-hmm. the pipe, right? Yep. Man, that's not, I didn't expect us to be talking about Joe and Mac. <sighs> I might play <laughs> Joe and Mario Mac Brothers? again. Now that we talked about it. What was the What was the third thing that you mentioned? Oh, uh, Monster Party. Monster Party. I've heard of that. Never played it, though. It's weird as fuck, dude. It's a great game. I beat it. So have you ever seen this movie? No. I've seen it. Okay. I have seen the ending to this film okay. because I've watched, right. I've watched, uh, it got brought up in, um, oh my God, Cinemasker when they do the Monster Madness. Yeah. Their Halloween thing. This got brought up. Was that all you had, Dan? It's just just a musical and then games. Right. So for me, I have seen this movie. I saw it growing up. It wasn't a huge. I still am not really a huge musical fan, uh, but this was an exception. The music is just perfect. This and Sweeney Todd are like my two favorite musicals. The music is perfect. The just 
situation, it's you know you can consider it a you know a musical horror movie based on the subject matter. It's just an interesting, interesting story that uh, has a lot of history to it. So, did you guys watch the theatrical version or the director's cut? God, I'm so happy. I'm so so. You guys watched the, the theatrical cut. I watched the director's cut because I bought I bought the Blu-ray, uh, which comes with both versions. So nice. I was like, I gotta buy the or I gotta check out the director's cut because I know the only thing I think different in the director's cut is the ending. To my knowledge, yes, but I'm yeah. not. So, the history of this movie is uh, supposedly it's based on. Uh, like people don't really know if it's based on a book, if that was like the idea from um, the original writers who were Roger Corman and Charles B. Griffin, a uh, Griffith. Uh, they, you know, according to Corman, you know, that was just him and uh, the other writer Griffith got together and it took them like a day to come up with the script for the movie. And then they literally cast who they got they rehearsed for three days and they filmed for two so literally the original little shop of horrors was filmed in two days on pretty much reused sets like he didn't even have to build sets for the movie it was he had directed the movie bucket of blood the year before oh yeah and pretty much just reused those sets again which is funny thing is, is dick miller is in this movie or in the original Okay. Okay. Um, the funny, uh, another funny thing is, is when I was watching the original, which came out in 1960, if I didn't mention that before, uh, both Mr. and Mrs. Futterman from Gremlins are in the original Little Shop of Horrors, which, That's funny. which was called The Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, the actress who played uh, Mrs. Futterman was uh, Jackie Joseph. Uh, she played Audrey in the original. Oh, nice. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, it was also Jack Nicholson's very first film role. Yep. He was in the movie for five minutes, pretty yep. much. Probably not even five minutes. He uh, plays the Bill Murray character, pretty much, that you would see in the 86 version, where he's the dude who enjoys pain. And when they were trying to distribute the, the movie later on, like years later, when I think it was around when this version came out, because this was gaining a lot of popularity between the the music, the off Broadway musical, and uh, the '86 film, I think people were starting to figure out. Oh, there, yeah, there's an original. Like there was something that came out before it. it wasn't a musical. It was just a straight up. It was kind of like a horror movie in a way. The way that it was set up, it's kind of yeah. like a horror comedy. Um, and they needed to get people to buy the movie like they wanted people to see it so they put jack nicholson on the cover of the movie even though he is not the main character he's not even one of the main characters he is literally a bit part the only reason why uh was because jack nicholson at the time that they were trying to push this movie out was a huge actor like in the 80s jack nicholson was huge yeah, so yeah it was of like how do we how do we sell this movie put it in that jack nicholson's in it and then people watch it and they're like that's it. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, was, not that this is the first time that's ever fucking yeah. happened. So like I stated before, it uh, literally, according to Corman, this movie took the original took two days to film and it cost twenty eight thousand dollars. 
to make, which frugal in 2019, they calculated at $240,000. So it didn't cost a whole lot. It was, I guess, pushed big in France and that was about it. Um, it really didn't gain the popularity, like I said, until the 86 film came out. Um, so, but, but then the history goes that the, uh, it became a musical. It was an off Broadway, off Broadway musical that was, uh, written by two guys who would later go on to write music for Disney, uh, Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. So these are the two guys that would come together and write music for like the most banging songs from Disney in the eighties from like little mermaid beauty and the beast. Really? Uh, Yeah. Huh? Howard Ashman actually passed away. I think it was like five months before the release of beauty and the beast. Yes. They remember that from that documentary. uh, He died of HIV and yeah. So like this was, this was a, I think they were transitioning from this to Disney at the time. Cause I think 86 was when great mouse detective came mm-hmm. out. And so they, I think right after this is when they, they stepped into Disney and uh, kind of changed the course of that company. But it's wild. Cause Howard Ashman actually wrote the screenplay for this version, the 86 version as we get into it. Uh, Frank Oz was brought in to direct. Frank Oz, most famously known as the voice of Yoda and many other characters in um, Muppet, you know, the Muppets and Star Wars, not just Yoda, but in other characters. Uh, but yeah, but a lot of people don't, I think a lot of people who aren't film, you know, enthusiasts, Frank Oz is a director, and there's a possibility that we could cover another Frank Oz movie in, when we do 1991 next month because one of my selections that Patreon is going to ch- choose from is another Frank Oz film. So Interesting. That could be fun. Uh, the cast of this version is Rick Moranis, who I guess was their very first choice. Uh, they had no other selections according to the producer. Uh, I think it was... What is the producers here? Uh, David Geffen, who is the, you know, also the distributing company of this picture. Uh, Ellen Green, who was the only cast member in the movie to actually originate, like come over from the off-Broadway musical. She actually originated Audrey from the musical. And, really? Uh, yeah, they, I guess there was a whole thing where they had like Barbara Streisand as a selection, but they were like, no, what what better way than to have the OG Audrey just come on in? And she kills it. So good on them. You have Vincent uh, Gardenia, who plays uh, Mr. Moosnick. Moosnick, I should pronounce it right. Uh, Steve Martin as Orin Shrivello, DDS. Asshole. <laughs> Dickhead. We have Levi Stubbs as the voice of Audrey, too. We have, oh, I probably should have said uh, Rick Moranis is Seymour Krellborn, our main character. Uh, we have Trishina uh, Arnold, Michelle Weeks, and Trisha Campbell as Crystal, Renette, and Cheffin, or the three mysterious girls who act as a Greek chorus and often provide backup to the songs throughout the film. Yep, there you go. So, the guy, so Jim Belushi yeah. is in this movie. Yep. I don't think he I don't think I see him uh because the fact that they they 
they did two endings to this movie. Jim Belushi is only in the theatrical version. Oh, yeah. So there's a different guy because he's the guy on the roof, right? He tries to sell them or tell him about like the fact of, hey, we're, I, I stole some of uh, Audrey too, and we're going to yeah, have yeah, Audrey that's too, you know. Okay, well, in my version, it's a completely different guy. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. It's Paul Dooley. So the crazy thing is, and we'll talk about the ending right now, is the fact that there was two endings. The original ending is technically the director's cut ending, which is the ending we didn't get to see. or Which is the better ending. The theatrical, yes. Uh, the cut that people saw in theaters and Dan and Angelo saw was the reshot ending. So they had to go back because test audiences didn't like it. The studio didn't like the original ending. They thought it was too dark Boo. to see these likable characters get offed. And Fuck so, up. yeah, Frank Oz had to go back in there and shoot a new ending to make it happier. And so, yeah, we get this weird thing where in the original, Paul Dooley is a character named Patrick Martin. He's like a marketer who pretty much is trying to uh, persuade Seymour into helping him sell Audrey twos around the world. But when they reshot the ending, I feel like they couldn't get him back. So they got Jim Belushi to come in and do the pretty much play the same character in that ending. So why not? Sure. Well, we uh, John, watched, we <laughs> oh, watched sorry, the, uh, the, uh, the other ending. Yeah. We watched both. I'm like, I want my own Audrey too. Can I? Who does it? <laughs> we still managed to find a way to kill it. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how uh, ridiculous the original ending is because it's like, I think it's hilarious to be honest, where it's just like, yeah, so the <laughs> the Audrey twos persuaded their owners to give them blood, and it's like, well, that just means they're weak and stupid. Yep. Which I guess well, that's kind of I the mean, gist of humanity. So, yep. <laughs> it doesn't take much. We have John Candy as Wink Wilker Wilkinson, Whew. Uh, the DJ, and I'm I'm gonna save some of the uh, other cast for when we get to them because. Um, yeah, there's some good ones, some some good little uh, cameos in this movie. So, yeah, this is I mean, there's not a, to a whole lot for me to talk about when it comes to like behind the scenes stuff, other than the fact is this is more based on the off Broadway show than it is the original movie, even though there are it does follow the same kind of um, lines as the other one. Uh, I, I am going to compare some of the stuff that happens in the original to the to this version. Um, for one, uh, you see Seymour's mom in the original and she's an alcoholic. Oh, uh, yeah. That's she's, good. she's one of those like ailing, like something is always wrong with her. So like Seymour gets her medicine and so she's always taking her medicine. I'm doing air quotes, by the way, for everybody who's just yeah, listening. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's a interesting character. The She's just doing shots in the bedroom. Oh, no, she literally, there's one shot of, of Seymour bringing her, like, a bottle. It's, it just looks like a bottle of liquor, and she just takes, like, half a sword, like, the bottle, like, takes a half of it, and she's like, whoo, I'm feeling better already, Seymour. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we were planning on watching the original. I was wanting to. It just didn't. It just didn't happen yeah. this time. If you want to watch the original, it is on Amazon Prime, but I don't recommend you watch that version because it is so grainy and just it, it's literally like they took the original VHS rip 
Uh, watch it on Tubi. It actually a better quality version, oh, which is uh, which is interesting. It's on Tubi. It's on a bunch of the free um, free with ads services, but uh, I, I, think I watch the, it on Tubi. I think the original. Better. I think the original Little Shop of Horrors is public domain. Is it not? The not 60 version? I, not that I know of. Okay. I didn't look too much into it. I just I just have the knowledge of what I watched. No, no, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing because there's like characters that they meant that you see in the original that you only hear mentioned in the I, I'm gonna consider I'm gonna call this the 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 remake. It's just easier to say than like you know, than the eighty six yeah. version. It's the remake, yeah. but you guys for anybody who's a fan of this movie, don't take it to heart, okay? It just makes it easier for me to get through this conversation. Yes, don't take it to heart. Yeah. Uh, so the you got the shop that's different. You have characters that are prominent in one but not in the other, but they're but you still hear their name to kind of be like, oh, yeah, you can kind of connect the dots. Um, Audrey, too, looks vastly different in this version than uh, he does in the original um, in the original, the Audrey two always looks like he does when before he would like flop over and start talking. He just oh he just was always upright and his mouth would just open like this. I mean, listen, this movie that movie was made for very little money in two days, so they probably didn't have a lot of time to do something totally crazy like they were able to do in this version. Exactly, I mean, Audrey two in this version and in, in the remake is so intricate there are like they literally built different like stages of the growth like it wasn't some sort of camera trick to make it look bigger or anything no they had the you know it went from the small version all the way to the version you see at the end and then when you get to that original version the director's cut version uh there was that whole the whole the, all the different Audrey twos and the and the miniature work and all that stuff. So there was a lot of work that went into this movie. You know, the the budget for it was twenty five million dollars. It made thirty five million dollars at the box office, which I guess was deemed a success. I guess this movie did did well. So I guess it was one of the highest grossing films of the year. Really? Sure. Okay. Sure. I didn't go too far into that. Uh, it was released December nineteenth, nineteen eighty six. It ran at an hour and 34 minutes but the director's cut is i think just like five or so minutes long because of the ending um but yeah that's uh i mean there was just a lot going on a lot of songs uh there was actually the way that they they also there's actually more songs in the original ending than there are in the ending that everybody see has originally saw yeah there was like that extra song there at the end right yeah well it was the way that it all happens so because so in the original we're, i guess we're gonna work backwards here so in the original ending of course audrey survives or no in the original we can just ending, get to the, the direct, we can just get to the end we don't need to talk about this right now if you don't no, want we don't to. Need to talk about the movie <laughs> um no, we'll talk about it right now. We'll talk about the endings. Okay, I mean, it, I think that's one of those. I think it's one of those things that people already know about. If you're a fan of this, movie, okay, is the fact that at the end of the original version, the, the the director's cut version, Audrey gets eaten, but she's pulled out, but she is mortally wounded, and she dies. And her last wish is to be fed to Audrey too. But she so but again, she would sing the uh, 
was it somewhere that's green again she sings a different version of that song mm. and the version the theatrical version as everyone saw it is uh audrey survives after being pulled out and then she it's a that you get to hear a different version of suddenly seymour yeah yeah and then and then it goes to that's right the, i forgot about that so. That's kind of your your difference there. You get a different song based on the situation. So we'll talk about the endings again when we get there. <laughs> um, let's see. I do want to shout out though the guy who was behind all of the amazing uh, effects in this movie. Oh and that God, was Lyle, wonderful. Lyle, uh, Lyle Conway, who worked with Oz before on the Muppet Show. He did stuff for the Dark Crystal and the Great mm. Muppet Caper. There you and go. He also had a lot of people on his team that did a lot of creature work for Labyrinth. So just a lot of like Jim Henson stuff, which is always considered one of the best like puppet work in the business. I definitely wanted to point him out because like the the work that was put into the Audrey twos, especially as they get bigger and the amount of puppetry that is done and like like I watched the the making of this movie. And like people are like there is they said at one point, I think there's like 12 people at once working on the different motions because you have like the tentacles or the 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 vines and then you have the head and the and like everything inside. And then, you know, and it just gets crazier and crazier as it goes. I just want a replica of the little tiny first one. And I just want it to, I just want it so it opens this little mouth. But I got, I got my Lego baby back there too. No, so don't. cute. I definitely want to get one. Because oh, you do. I forgot. You, yeah. She does have a Lego one back there. I forgot. Well, it's, it's a brick form. It's not Legos. Lego. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, um, I mean, I, like I said, we're not going to go too like deep into the behind the scenes of this movie. We'll talk about stuff as we get along in the plot. You guys know how this show works. Yes, and if, dude. And if come on. And if you're new here because we're covering Little Shop of Horrors, I apologize because it's probably not going to be the greatest coverage of a movie you love. But we try our we try our best to give you something worth listening to. <laughs> we're putting some try I on that. Where he said worthless, and I was like, wait a minute. We are worthless now. <laughs> Uh, if you want to listen to a very musical version of uh, <laughs> of an episode covering this this movie, mm. please go check out our friends over at Doom Generation. They did an amazing episode where they know pretty much all the words to the songs and are able to sing along to a lot of them. That's not going to happen as much here. Angela might you know belt out some stuff. I might belt out a little bit, but it's not going to be as it's not going to be as good. So please go check out our friends over at Doom Generation and their episode on Little Shop Horrors. It was fantastic. I've literally been singing the theme, the first, the theme song. Little Shop, Little Shop Horrors. Yes. Little shop. And um, it stuck in my head. So Audrey good. 2's main song. Oh. I mean, it's been back and forth in my head since we watched it. So good. Actually, I literally just downloaded the album on on Spotify because yeah, this this is gonna be part of my rotation. It's so good. It's and I've always been a person who is not a huge fan of musicals, but this is this just hits different. I love musicals. This hits even if I've not seen them. There's a lot of songs that I know from musicals just from I'm like, oh, I want to watch that, so I'm gonna listen to the music first. 
So I think I think the only person we're going to be asking about who what they thought about the movie at the end is Dan, because I think me and Angela have already shown our hands and I don't even care. <laughs> That's true. And then for non podcast viewer or for, for non viewers, you can't see my hands and that's OK. <laughs> I ain't showing you my fucking hands. Oh, no, oh, they're so dirty. They're so dirty. So dirty. Wash those fucking hands. I'm watching myself <laughs> over here and I always go in the same direction. Yeah. All right, so are we ready to to dissect dissect that that film? Why are we so off? We'll figure it out. (laughs) I'm not worried about it. She's worried about it. Me and him have been married for how long now? Ever. Long enough that we can usually do things in tandem. Talking is not one of them. 17 years in... Uh, Eleven days. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Glad you know those numbers. Um <laughs> so this movie opens up to some narration about the end of humanity. Things it's are gonna Star get Wars. bad, guys. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get our little shop, little shop, little shop, little shop. Yeah. So good. In their blue mushroom dresses. Yes. One of the one of the um one of the ladies. I think it is Tisha Campbell was the wife on the show My Wife and Kids. Have you ever seen that show? Have you ever heard that show? She was also on Martin, which was Martin Lawrence's sitcom he had in the 90s. It, it is. It yeah. is. Because uh, I used to watch that every day. I loved Martin. And Tashina Arnold, one of the other girls, she looks like Regina King. I thought it was Regina King. I was like, nah, I had to look her up. It wasn't her. But they do great. They do great work. Oh no. My unicorn stickers fall off my chest. Oh, no. On, wait. They were both on Martin. Were they? That's awesome. <gasps> yeah. Oh, wait. So we, <laughs> no, keep going. Sorry. I'm I'm so fangirling. As the song is going on, we are now in Mushnik's flower shop. It's we a shithole. Yeah. We meet Mr. Mushnik. We meet Seymour. He's very clumsy. And on the radio, you hear some weird talk about an eclipse. Of the heart. Uh, mm. uh, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Fun. I'm sorry. Different different thing. <laughs> I'm, I apologize. Gosh. Get it right. Uh, and we then meet Audrey. And she comes into work. She's late. She's always late, even though she lives across the street. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and... She's got a shiner, which for anyone who doesn't know what that means, she has a black eye. And of course, Mr. Mushnik, he cares for her. He's like, what the, what are you doing? Why are you with this guy? He just beats you up all the yeah, time. Yeah, what you do? Do you, do you forget a sandwich? Did you leave the kitchen? What's going on? <laughs> she didn't push the motorcycle last Hey, listen, uh, it was the fucking 50s. Don't it take was, it. I'm just kidding. It was, it was not. No, it's not. It what's it's not okay. It's not. No, okay. I, but I do appreciate this guy's concern for her. Yes. Which is good. Does, yes. I mean, and so does Seymour, of course, but for two reasons. He cares for her in that way and also he's in love with her. Yes. So there's a lot of concern over her and of course she's always like, "Oh, but he's, you know, he's he's got money, he's got things going on in his life like he's a professional. He's a what? professional. He's like a professional of what? <laughs> Boxer? <laughs> yeah. Uh and but you can also see that she has a like she she likes Seymour. Like, I feel like in that way, too. But she's just so afraid of 
getting out of that relationship. And that's, I mean, that is, that's a kind of one of those things that kind of hits home even today is the fact that like a lot of, and that not just, not just women, but like there are a lot of relationships like that where it's just, it's the fear of being in that abusive relationship and not, but then not knowing either how to get out of it or what I'm going to do when I get out of it. So yeah, it's a, it's a shitty situation. And yes, I don't condone going to the lengths that Seymour does to eliminate the situation, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's kind of a, maybe I do. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I will say this though. You know what? Something else you notice about her? What's that? that I feel like is, he's pre- prepared she, for the absolute worst. She is wearing the meanest push-up bra every time you see her. That is She's the thing. Almost showing them off. That is the thing, but that's not what I was going to say. What you do notice about her is she has the most, or one of the most annoying fucking voices. Oh, I swear until she to sings. goodness. No, and even no, when she sings, she sings. So, oh my gosh! Sometimes when she belts, when she belts out some some her lines, voice she drops a whole. Octave. She can sing really well. Oh, yeah, but sometimes it just comes up when it comes out. It just seems so fucking awkward, and I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> It was so funny watching the the uh, making of and seeing her because of course she if you could tell the the that's not her hair <laughs> that is like no, a imagine not. horrible wig in my opinion but uh in hearing her actually talk it's like nothing like I mean that voice I agree Dan that voice cuts you right through the temples man <laughs> listen I'm gonna say we watched the version we watched was on archive. Thank goodness for archive.org because I didn't feel like paying for this movie to rent it. And the quality was pretty good. I didn't think it was bad quality, but I honestly at times did not know what the fuck she was saying. I legit had no idea what the fuck she was going on about sometimes. I'm like, what? Yeah, thank God for subtitles. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely want subtitles unless you understand whatever dialect she's speaking, but that was not me. For anyone interested, if you want the physical version of this movie, I just like I said, I bought it on Blu-ray. It is nine dollars on Amazon right now. So, well, guess what? I would say jump on it. What? That is I'm going deal. to Amazon right after this. I'll sell something to make nine dollars back. Oh no, dude! <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I love that uh, you have Mr. Mushnick, and he's like, he's he. They have no business, but. He's like trying, making sure no one's standing in front of his shop. He's like, I don't, I don't take much to urchins, and it, it's the three ladies, it's the, our our chorus there, you know, yeah. out there and giving them shit. This is when we get the song "Downtown" or uh, Skid Row, which um, I just every time I hear Skid Row, I just think of the song Skid Row. Every I think of the band. I look and see it's not only me. All I can think of is the the one downtown song sung by um what's her face? No. No. I when I see this this part of the where they're I just singing, singing I think of that damn old spice commercial. It's like a musical where they're singing like like in this neck of the woods. I don't remember what the fucking thing is. The dude gets his shirt ripped <laughs> off. He's like, You need some old spice and like say, I don't know what the fuck. I was like, that's what I thought of. I don't know, dude. Um, just about living in the fucking uh, slums and shit. I mean, it is. This song is very depressing. Petula Clark downtown. When you're alone and life is making oh, you yeah. lonely, you always, always go, go downtown. Downtown. It was in Short Circuit too. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I think I um, it got used. I think it got used for another song that came out like last year. But yeah, sounds about. I don't right. know if it was a Bruno Mars song or if it was some other. That's guy not who sounds surprising. Like Bruno Mars. Yeah. We don't know how to make our own music. Just steal somebody else's beat I mean, slash song. Listen, work, when but. I worked <clears> at Walgreens, there was so many songs. I'm like, well, they stole that. Oh, they stole that. Like, yeah. can you not come up with something? Like, I understand things are going to sound similar, but when you like blatantly steal like part of the song and just put it in your song, like, what the fuck does that do? Like, if you're not just doing a cover, if you're doing a cover, that's different. But if you're just taking like a section, like a sample of a song and playing it in your fucking song. What was it? I don't know. Something came up the other day, and I was like, wait a minute. That's not who sings that. That's not Beethoven's fifth. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. So, this song is very depressing. And, you know, we then get the kind of the montage of the three of them kind of s- rotating the spots they're in in the shop mm-hmm. until Mushnik kind of calls. He's like, ah, that's it. I'm, I'm closing down. That's it. I, you know, we got nothing. And then that's when they, Audrey and Seymour are like, nah, let's give it one more chance. And this is when Audrey is like, go get your weird plant, Seymour, and it'll change everything. Yeah. Put it in the window. Maybe someone will come look at it. Buy some shit. (laughs) Okay. And he comes up with this interesting looking fly trap plant, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't look so good. But he puts it in the window and immediately it brings a customer. And that first customer. What's that weird plant in the window? Hello there, sir. What is that weird plant in the window? Now, that is one bit that I actually kind of like found mildly humorous. He's like, it's not just going to bring somebody in because there's a weird plant in the window. Hey, what's that weird plant in the window? And like, he's just this fucking sounds like I don't know. sounds like one of those random like side characters on like a 60s television show when he walks (laughs) in the door. It's fucking wonderful. Uh, So that first customer is actor and director Christopher Guest. Uh, who also is the husband of Jamie Lee Curtis. Very cool. Very cool. So we then get the story about, so the guy comes in, he does the whole thing like, oh, that's an interesting plan in the window. And then he's like, where did you get it? (laughs) And so this one, Seymour goes into uh, his telling of how he got the plant. That's when we get the Dadu song which is him talking about how he went to a Chinese man and it he was wasn't fresh any... out of Mogwai or whatever. So he bought yes. plant. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> he goes and there's nothing interesting there, but then the eclipse uh, happens, the total eclipse of the sun. And I just Heart. want to belt out total eclipse yep. of the And he stares right at us. Like, Don't do oh, that. Yeah. That's going <laughs> to fuck your eyes up. This whole movie, this whole movie is just a hallucination for just eternally from Seymour because his eyes were burnt out from this. Listen, we got a we got a comment that was total eclipse of the sun, and I was like, (laughs) "Did he say that wrong?" And I was I totally forgot that part. I was like, "Oh shit!" Now I get it. I get it. Yeah, and the the eclipse sent down this beam onto a plant and then this plant just shows up out of nowhere and he's like well that's cool i'm gonna buy that and he got and he bought it for a dollar 95 and it came in its own coffee tin yes house and i love and i love that after the story is told we go back and that customer is like oh i'd like to buy uh i think two dozen roses and he's fifty dollars in roses 
fifty dollars yeah. in roses and he's like you, break you have change for a hundred and he's like yeah no and he's like well i guess i'm buying a hundred dollars worth of roses <laughs> that's a lot of money back then it's a lot they're like oh shit yeah so this is when the store just gets flooded with customers. You know, business is booming at Mushnick's. And I go, and, and my observation of this shop is, where are the fucking flowers? Where is anything in the shop? There's there, nothing in there. No. <laughs> in the original, at least in the original, that was a flower shop. Like, when they show people in the shop, because the majority of the movie takes place in the flower shop, there are flowers everywhere and, like, things that people are buying. Like, Dick Miller's character is literally a guy who just buys carnations to eat them he's a flower eater he literally brings around a thing a salt shaker and eats the flowers huh but this shop has nothing no dick (laughs) miller would starve there oh would be i wish i wish dick miller made an an appearance i wish we got some appearances from some of the ogs but we unfortunately didn't so audrey is going back on a date with her abuser which is no bueno no, uh, Audrey too is not looking so good, and I love how it was the whole thing where they're the business is booming so much that Mushin is like, "I'm taking you guys out to dinner," and then Audrey's like, "No, I got a date, I gotta go." And then he sees that Audrey too is starting to look sick, and he's like, "Nah, nah, nah, you're not going anywhere. You're gonna sit here and you're gonna make sure that thing gets better." And so that's Mushnick when just wants to motorboat her tits. Oh, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. In the original, he actually takes her, like, they go out to dinner to the point where he can't afford to buy the dinner, and the waitress is just like, you better she go get that money. Yeah, no shit, Because he dude. literally brings over the money, and he doesn't, I think he, for, like, Audrey says something to the point of, like, he doesn't have any money, and she's like, well, you better go get that $9 that are back at the shop. I'm like, $9 for a meal in 1960. Yeah. Damn. If only it were um, still like that. Shit. But yeah, so Seymour brings Audrey 2 down to the basement, and this is when we get Grow For Me. And you find out that Audrey 2, in order to grow, needs blood. Gallons of the stuff. Yeah. Yes. Be more than they can drink it, it'll never be enough. I'm glad you got that. <laughs> Somebody's going to get that. Ah, thank you. See, this is why we've been married so long. He pretty much in the song talks about how he's given him everything. He's given him dirt, food, plant food, water, sunlight, the whole the whole kit caboodle when it comes to like getting a plant to grow. But it just won't grow until he cuts himself on uh, a thorn. Damn roses. Yeah, roses. Damn, Damn thorn. And it looks like he actually cuts himself. Like, he's actually pushing blood out of his finger. Yeah. I'm like, all right. And this is when you hear the... Because that's what he's doing when he he sucks the blood. Right. Yeah. It's so good. And, yeah, he... This is when you get the whole thing where he's, like, teasing Audrey, too. And he's, like, snapping at him. And then he's like, oh, fine. I'll just give you a few drops. I said that I said... I think this is about the point where I... When you find this out, I was like, you know who could be Audrey's best friend once a month? Oh, no. You just take, you just take the old pad out, like, open up and just wring it out. I mean, I mean, listen, as disgusting as that is, you're not wrong. Like, what's the, It could work. Uh, what's the little 
tampon. tampon. Yeah, you can just like you can just dribble it in like like a like a tea for it, and then like no, drop the whole thing. Are you just going to like a your shed in the back? You got like a fucking bucket every time, just like time to change. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty oh, much. Boy. Hmm. A little uh, bit of it wasn't my fault this time. Wasn't my now. fault, everybody. <laughs> It was me this time. I mean, to be honest, come on, everybody. It's true, right? It's a good solution. But the thing is, it only happens one week out of the month. And this thing clearly you see a lot. There's many women in this town. They have different rotations, man. Just have (laughs) to just call Imagine being the guy responsible to calling up and just like, hey, could you just bring over your used tampons? Uh, We need it for our plant. They didn't have tampons back then. I was going to say, I don't think they had them that Bring At out the old rags. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> oh. sure. When you, you get done with it, throw it in the wash. We'll need it for the dishes. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So Seymour <laughs> walks it's away from this. Town, man. You got to utilize shit. Yeah, you're, you're not That's... wrong. So Seymour leaves, and I love that we actually get to see Audrey to grow. Yeah, like it's not just like a a, a fade away, and then he comes back yeah. and. You know, Audrey's bigger. Audrey two's bigger. It like you get to actually see the effects of it growing. So we're now at the radio station as Seymour brings Audrey two in because it's uh, this unique situation. And this is when the this is when Audrey two's trying to get some ass, man. Dude, yeah, you find out Audrey two likes some cake too. Oh yeah, yeah, he's trying to get a good chomp out of that thing. I just, <laughs> just like fucking Seymour just like wrestling <laughs> Audrey two. Oh, it's so good. And yeah, hey, this is when you meet uh, John Candy's character, Wink Wilker, Wilkinson. Jesus Christ! And uh, he does—he's the weird—he does weird stuff on the radio. It's like you know, different like stories and sound effects and all that stuff. And he talks to Seymour about Audrey too. And I love that Mushnick <laughs> is listening. He's like, "Tell him the address. Tell him the address." Like, ah, whatever. <laughs> at least he was on—at least he was on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> On the Vintage Video Podcast, we'll be reviewing every single wide release of the 1980s in chronological order. Over 250 episodes to enjoy and thousands more to come. John enters the store now to order another can of ether. I picture him outside like Homer with the gasohol. <laughs> when for you, when for me. I also like to think about it, that the kids renew their vow not to talk about the murder. By, by murdering <laughs> someone. <laughs> They're taking a blood oath with someone else's blood. This stuff is seven times more powerful than uranium. And yeah. they, they open up the vault that it's contained in, not wearing any kind of protective nope. gear. Yeah. And it's wooden crates. Wooden crates. It's like the guys in Chernobyl picking up the graphite rocks yeah. and going, eh, because there's rocks. Hugging the elephant foot. <laughs> just like, oh, this thing's smooth. It's so warm. He turns to dial the number from the classified ad without even thinking about the numbers. <laughs> we know this because we can hear his thoughts, and he's talking about how AJ was right that ninjas are misdirecting him. They're misdirecting him. I really wish that he'd turn to the phone and be like, six, six. Vintage video. We're rewatching the '80s, so you don't have to. So this is when we get Audrey kind of going into her kind of fantasy worlds, and we get somewhere that's green, which is plastic on all the furniture. Yes, my wife laughed. (laughs) Laughed when that part was. I was like, it's so true. (laughs) Because those were the people that would become our grandparents. And kept plastic on their furniture even when we were growing up. And sprayed pine saw. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I thought that was just a southern thing. No, that's until everywhere I grew thing. Until I grew up. 
my grandparents had plastic on their couches. I was like, this is weird. I don't think mine did, but I knew mine a did. lot of people whose grandparents had plastic on their furniture. Listen, my granny had her her one couch from I don't know what year. It was plaid. It was green and blue plaid. <laughs> Until Terrifying. I was probably a teenager. So yeah, we get to see her better homes and garden life. We get to see Seymour mowing clearly plastic grass. Uh, <laughs> with, with, their dog. with its acoustic lawnmower. Yes. Oh man, what a cool little That's thing. That's not for huh? me. It's not for me. I'm all credit goes to um I didn't get that at first. Adam. Adam and oh fuck. Adam Blank and then um the fucking McHugh, Mark McHugh oh, Mark. from Purple Monkey Dishwasher also uh re- remember the game. That's where acoustic lawnmower. That's where that came from. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, we get uh, we get the song with all the of with her fantasy of what her life could be so much better. Um, you know, we got Tupperware parties, which that was a thing, people. Yeah, that was yep. that was a thing up Listen, until like the nineties. So I think it's still a thing. Probably not. As I'm pretty sure there's people out there that still. I've been to a Tupperware party. It's so boring. Um, yeah, I think my mom still has her first Tupperware she bought. It's. Like, like Eva. a goldish yellow, and she has an olive green one. Yeah, the old Tupperware. I think my mom oh. went to a few when I was growing up. They're my great. Mom Tupperware is awesome. Yeah, Tupperware lasts forever. It, it, it really does, and it's it doesn't matter there. if you burn it, melt it. It still Stain works. It. Just, it doesn't matter. It just don't worry if it's crack. if it's sta- if you get like tomato sauce in there and it stains. Don't worry. Your next, the next food that's going to go in that bowl is not going to taste like tomato sauce. It's just going to look like there's tomato sauce. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, then we get the song "Some Fun Now," which is uh, "Some Fun Now," which is pretty much just showing how Seymour is continuing to feed Audrey too, which is yeah. causing Audrey two to get bigger. Yeah. So this is when we're in the shop, and Audrey two is huge. Yeah. And this is when Mr. Mushnik's like, uh, he gets a phone call about like, hey, did that order to Mrs. Shiva come or get to her? And he's like, Seymour, you didn't bring Mrs. Shiva her flowers. And so she, yeah, they he talk about he forgot. Yes. And he's like, oh, you forgot. It's only she's only our highest like funeral account, which yeah. is funny. You don't see her in this movie at all. She's just no. Nope. You just hear her name. In the original, she always comes into the shop, and every time she comes into the shop, someone else in her family has died. That's kind of the whole running oh, gag of it. Okay. She'd come in and be like, Oh, my my uh my cousin's nephew's son, he he passed away. Okay, I'm pretty sure she's using calla lilies in this. Anytime I've ever seen calla lilies, it's been for a wedding, not a funeral. Eh. That's and the technicality. But she's making a thing with white flowers. Does it pretty sure that <laughs> we're guys. We don't it give depends a fuck on it depends on who you talk to. I've been to so many funerals. <laughs> I have seen so many flowers at funerals, and it makes you wonder what people were thinking when they were asking for flowers. Like, pretty sure you don't send roses to funerals, but and it's like six. What five flowers and that's it? Yeah, 
Yeah, you could tell that like, they kind of gave up when they were talking about their feelings for each other and stuff like that. So, right. She's um, she's pretty much like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was the whole thing where, yeah, they, uh, you know, he, he goes to the back. He's like, I, yells at Audrey about like what he needs. She's like, got it. And they got to work together until they sit down and talk to each other. And then he asks her out and she's like, oh, sorry, not tonight. I got a date. And he's like, yeah. And that's what Mr. Mitchell's like, with him again? God, he sucks. You're so stupid. And then we find out who her date is. And that is slick, black-haired Steve Martin. Yeah. Riding yep. his motorcycle. Doing his... I love the thing where he jumps off the motorcycle yeah. and just stops. Stop perfectly standing up. Like, it's just, yeah. I'm good. Yes. And his song is Be a Dentist, which is uh, pretty much talking about his his life and how he is a very violent kid growing up and then his mom pretty much told him you can use that violence towards something productive and so I mean, i'm going to be a dentist punches out his assistant yeah, like which is which is Miriam uh, Margulies who was in uh she was in Harry Potter oh, and the Sorcerer's no. Stone oh no uh, she's a, she's a huge um, english comedian um She's hilarious. The timing on that bit's like are pretty so good. good. He just, that, just walks whole, in, he just fucking punches her square in the face. Like this whole nothing. song is great. This whole sequence of him like just being a torturous dentist. I hate it because the first dentist I went to literally tortured me as a dentist. So this I was like watching this. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh Definitely not something you want to deal with. Hits her with a fucking door, too. (laughs) Jesus. To the point where later on in the movie, she's like, "Ah, I'm 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 done for the day. (laughs) Just leaves. Oh, that's when Bill Murray's character shows up. She's like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty much. um, Yeah, I love this whole this whole song. I love the the puppet mouth that we get the camera shot out of. It's so it's so gross, but it's so cool at the same time. That's when Victor walks through. He's like, this movie's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, son. Yes, it is. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. was it this? Was it to a kid in this one or was it to see more later where um, while he's singing the song, he. He hits himself with the gas, but he doesn't numb up the patient. He's like, you haven't numbed me up. He's like, it's not for you. It's for me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's during that. Cause, yeah. 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 And uh, we get the say ah, say ah, yeah, now spit. The, he squirts the guy in the mouth. Yep, from like and, and, and it's, six feet away. And you I'm can like, tell. I don't think they 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 pull away from this because that water is pouring <laughs> out of the side of this man's mouth. <laughs> He's, He's trying so it. hard. Oh, it's so good. So we then see Mister Orin Stravello DDS show up. To pick up Audrey, and he's awesomely terrible, dude. He um, fucking appears no. out of the sky and just lands his <laughs> bike, and it's just perfectly. Stops. Yeah, he like snorts gas. Yes, yes, the laughing gas. Yes, the laughing gas, which we see during the song where he keeps huffing it and laughing and huffing it and laugh. I love his laugh too, and That's good uh, stuff too, he's got man. and and the thing is, is like his gas. He's like snorting it like coke. Like, oh, yeah, I was like. He has his own portable container. (laughs) 
uh, what what was it? The oh, nitrous oxide. You want to you want to hit a nitrous oxide? He says to Seymour. Yeah. And this is when like he he knows who Seymour is, but can't guess his name. And Audrey steps in and is like, "It's Seymour." And he's like, "Did I say you could talk?" And you're like, "God, this guy sucks." Yep. You fuck him. <laughs> like he is clearly a piece of garbage. He is. And of course, Seymour is upset by this about how awful he is to Audrey. So he goes in there, he's pissed off, and that's when Audrey too flops and then kind of rises up and you hear, feed me. Feed, feed me. Feed me. In the original, it's really weird. Um, the voice that they got to do Audrey 2, well, actually, in the original, it's not Audrey 2, it's Audrey Jr. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And uh, okay. I, just, I, I don't know, the voice actor, or the guy they got the, to do the voice of Audrey Jr. in the original, just was it was weird. Um, but most of the time, because it just talks normal. Like I love, I love Levi Stubbs' voice. It's just so perfect oh, for yeah. this character. And of course, this is when you know we get the feed me Seymour. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's so good. And it's what you know. He's pretty much saying like, I got nothing left. I got nothing left. I got no blood left. And he's like, Well, I guess you're gonna have to go out and get something different. And then he's like. How about that dickhead who's fucking beating up the girl you like? And he's like, I, I can't do that. And he's like, and then he yeah. looks out the window and sees them come back from their date. And he's just a total dick because he's like, he pulls up in front of her house or his, I don't know. It got to be, it was her apartment. And she's running down the street going, sorry, doctor. So sorry. Like just apologizing to him. And he, he calls her basically an idiot for falling off. The, Those are a slut the motorcycle. When they, yeah. yeah, when they when he like busts the door open. It there's an outtake where he actually accidentally when he pushes the door open, his hands go through the glass. Like he accidentally breaks the glass on the door when he like opens it. Hmm. Yeah, and then it's pretty much uh you know, you see like the reflection of him slapping her and stuff. It's it's yeah, and, and then you go back to Seymour and he's like, Yep, I can do it. Yeah, Let's do this thing. Audrey too says you don't know anybody. Basically, you don't know anybody that you could. Eighty six. Yeah, pretty much eighty six. Yep. He's like, no. Oh, and Audrey Two's nickname is Tui, by the way. <gasps> yeah. I to mention that. I like it. It's so. Cute. I love it where it's just like you could get that doctor. He's got more than enough. So this is when we meet Bill Murray's character, Arthur Denton, who, as we stated before, is uh, the Jack Nicholson character from the original. A uh, different name, though. Uh, Jack Nicholson's character is named Wilbur Force. But they're pretty much the same character. Bill Murray comes in, and he is a... Um, he just loves pain. He, just, he wants a long, slow root canal. What is that called? Masochist? Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, and he likes it so much. You get the whole thing where he like every time the dentist is, you know, when he's in there doing his thing, he's moaning like it's like a sexual thing. It's like, yeah, hey, yeah. he is getting off he's, on this oh, hardcore. Like, oh, oh, and and, <laughs> and Oren is not about it. He's like, get out of here. I don't like people enjoying the pain I I give them. He wants right. to inflict it, not oh, not them yeah. like it. 
Oh man. The, yeah, this is when you see the assistant. She's like, "Yep, yeah, bye." Yep. And this is when Seymour is in the uh, he's in the waiting room while this is all happening, so he's hearing all this. And Seymour goes in there with the intent to kill the the doctor, the dentist, and every time I think of dentists and like them not being considered doctors, it just brings me back to Seinfeld where Kramer calls because Jerry Jerry gets mad because his dentist converted to Judaism, and so he's just using a bunch of joke. Like he's now he's just saying a bunch of Jew, uh, Jewish jokes, <laughs> and Kramer Kramer thinks that he's just a he hates dentists, so he just calls him an anti dentite. Just a <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> Just think of that every time. Um but yeah, he goes in there with a gun. He's going to he's going to shoot him, but until he puts on this fucking extra like this special gas mask attached to like a backpack and all, and he turns it on and unfortunately, uh it breaks, forcing too much laughing gas into him, pretty much killing him. So Seymour yep. didn't have to do it. So he brings him to the back of the shop and Audrey, too, is like, oh, no, you got to chop him up. He's too big. And I was like, wait a second. How is this? How does this make any sense? When later, it's just eating whole humans. It's but also I, bigger later, though. That is true. But I feel like but it was big enough at this point. But I get, of I him bringing, bringing the dentist down the stairs. <laughs> He's just like, it's such a t- thunk. And then he lets him go to look. And he's like, do-do-do-do. It's so funny. It does not. I'm like, at all is he wearing movie. a metal helmet or something? Because, yeah, it's great. So good. So, yeah, he has to bring him out back to chop him up into pieces. And Mr. Mushnik comes by and sees it happening. I love how you don't actually see anything, it's all shadow, which is really fun. Um, and. Yeah, Audrey too gets fed and is really happy. I love that you get to see him throw the legs with the boots on him. The boots that yep. were so prominent when you would see the dentist. So this is the next day. Audrey gets the news that the dentist has disappeared. And this is when we get um, suddenly Seymour. And yeah, after all that, Seymour finally gets his lady. I'm trying to remember how that song goes. It's okay. All the songs you guys are remembering, I'm just remembering that fucking Levi Stubbs is the... I just remember them singing to each other. Four Seasons? No. Yeah. Yeah, Four Seasons. And I just got that music in my head because I grew up listening to them, so... Because he finally touches her is is the man or whatever is. Yeah. Something like that. But he, like, touches her and I'm like, okay, well, go to bed because that's where you're headed. Uh, they're right there. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Um, Do the deed and get it over with. This is when Mushnik confronts Seymour in his room. He's all, of course, he's all head over heels because he finally has his lady. And yeah, Mushnik knows everything to the point, though, where he's going to he pretty much tells Seymour to turn himself in. And then he pretty much gets walked into uh, Audrey too. Like he pretty much is like, well, I don't have to, I don't have to take, turn you in. 
but you, I'll just buy, I'll just pay for you to get a ticket out of town and you just leave forever, like 30, 40 years, and I will take the plant. And he's like, the plant? And he's like, yeah, just tell me how to feed it. And pretty much is like, you know, telling him the the normal ways of feeding a plant. And then when he turns around, he sees Audrey 2 kind of uh, in full motion there. And yummy! Gets a nice meal. Because he's like, um, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> whoop! Like, whoop. And um, is, this, is this the one where, yeah, yeah, this is where they get the, come on, it's supper time. Yep. And yep, Mush, uh, Mushnik is slurped up. Mushnik doesn't die in the original. Mush, uh, Mushnik actually finds out about the whole feeding bodies to Audrey too, and kind of keeps it quiet because it's keeping his store in business. So he kind yep. of, uh, yeah, he kind of stays out of it. He Turns knows a blind what's eye going on. Yeah, I mean much. that makes more sense than what he did. I mean, Audrey kind of knows too, and I feel like everyone who knows about it is just like, it's fine. Yeah, it'll We're be fine. Because <laughs> she wanted out of her relationship, and that was yeah. how she got out of it. She didn't have to do anything, right? Because in the original, Audrey wasn't uh, as emotionally scarred and dealing with the trauma that she deals with in this one. Um, She, her and Seymour kind of have a thing from the beginning and then odd. And then they start kind of going out later on in the movie Uh, where this one, you know, she is, you know, psychologically and emotionally and physically abused by someone. And, you know, it's one of those things where, because during the uh, suddenly Seymour segment is, she finds out what Seymour did. Like she finds out, or no, she doesn't find out what Seymour did. She, they pretty much talk about how like, would it be so bad if he was done? If he was gone, like, you see what he does to you? Like, who cares? And that's when yep. she kind of is like, you know what, Seymour, you're right. And then you also find out like that she was a prostitute before. I don't think she says she was a oh, prostitute. She no, she talks. Well, yeah, but it's not wasn't from what she was implying to me. She did not do very savory things at this club. I can I can see okay. maybe not a prostitute, but she was yeah. kind of like I don't know. Her services may have been used at said club, depending Listen, on what they may or may not have been. I was never in a physical abusive relationship, but I was in an emotional abusive relationship, and to get out like she did I would have been like my hands bye I don't know anything about this <laughs> uh, who I yeah. mean really uh, so uh, so this whole thing was the fact that Seymour starts getting famous and this is when you get the sign it um, kind of montage where he's like meeting with different groups and they're like you know deals and all yeah. this stuff and it's just getting too much for him to the point where in the middle, they, they're like shooting a commercial or they're shooting a news segment and Audrey 2 gets up and just plops on the ground and it like throws everybody off. And he's like, what do you got to do? You got to feed it. He's like, well, I can't feed it right now. He's like, why not? He's like, I'm not fucking feeding the thing right now. I'm not doing yep. this. Yep. And literally storms out. I'll leave and you can feed it. And so this is when Audrey comes out. She's like, oh, that was kind of rude. What you just did there. Uh, but they said they'll come back tomorrow because they're going to come by with a big check. And he's like, a big check? He's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get that money. 
we're going to get married. We're going to leave town. We're going to get married and we're going to start a different life. And she's like, yay, I'm all for it. But Audrey, too, is not for this. Yeah. So Seymour can't escape Audrey, too. He pretty much is telling telling him, listen, I don't know. Is this a, is this plant like it has a male voice? Is it a male? I don't know. Does it matter? No, I don't think it matters. Okay. I'm assuming it doesn't matter. It's right. just that it's a plant. It's I mean, a plant. do plants have sex? It's a that, weird so, conversation some to dive into, but all right. I mean, they have both fertilization organs. Or yeah. Just pretty depends. much. So yeah, so Seabor can't escape Audrey too. Audrey too wants more food. And he's like, well, I'm not giving you any more of my blood. I'm not killing any anybody else. So you're just going to get some meat down by the butcher shop. I'll just get you a nice bloody one. Audrey 2 is like, fine, whatever. But you only realize that Audrey 2 does this because they have a plan. And that plan is to call Audrey up and have her come down to the flower shop. Pretty much, I love <laughs> I love when Audrey 2 calls. I love the whole situation of yeah. using the vines to pick up the phone, put it up to its head. Grabs it's, a coin. Grabs, grabs a coin out register. of the cash register. Like, yep. Absolutely knows how to do the whole steps. You know, open the cash register. Start and, to yeah, finish. And doing the, you know, dialing it on the old rotary phone. Love it. Listen, and, there's teenagers nowadays that don't even know what a rotary phone is. I have uh, an old rotary phone hanging up in my like on the other side of this of my setup here and that we yeah. just left there for the kids to play with and it's funny Hell to yeah. be able to be like hey dial our phone number it's <laughs> good practice though it is. which is it's but you also great. realize how long it takes to dial a fucking phone number I, on yeah phone. <laughs> I didn't realize until I had neighbors that had a rotary phone and my grandmother had a rotary phone in her kitchen until probably 10 years ago. I played with that thing night and day at her house. So I knew how to use a ro rotary phone. And you see kids now that are like, what's that? What do I do? Yeah. And it, it, it does take a long time. So yeah, Audrey too calls up Audrey and I love when she, uh, when Audrey 2 is like, hey, it's me, pretty much stating it's Audrey 2. And she looks out her window and <laughs> she's like, Seymour? Uh, so, yeah. No, not Seymour. It's me. It's me. <laughs> and so, so Audrey goes down to pretty much see this now talking plant that somehow she didn't know anything about. I mean, she knew about Audrey 2, but not the fact of what Audrey 2 is now. And this is when uh, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the original version in my telling of this. And then of course we've already talked about the endings, but I'm as I'm going through this this plot breakdown, it's gonna be the original ending that's on the director's cut. So Audrey gets grabbed by Audrey 2 and is put in uh put in its mouth. Uh there was also the one where it's fucking like lifting up her dress and shit. I'm like, damn Audrey 2, yeah. you horny little 
fucking plant. That's all over everybody in this <laughs> movie, dude. Really? And Seymour gets back to the flower shop and Audrey is in Audrey 2's mouth. He pulls her out. It's a really cool instance where he's like literally holding up Audrey 2's mouth as he's like one arm grabbing Audrey out of the mouth. And then, of course, they get to the back and she's dying. Don't know how, but I mean, I guess there's a lot of bite force on that plant. It's like an I mean, alligator. It's, so it's like just fucking. I assume, and, but she doesn't have any like. There's no blood or anything. There is blood not, on her dress. There is well, not, not on our version. Yeah. Oh, he's on your version. version. On my version, yeah. there is. She has blood on her dress, and of course, which she, would make it more believable. I mean, it's got fucking teeth. What do you expect to happen? I mean, right. really. And that's a big ass mouth. Like you think, yeah, it yeah. has a good bite. Some good bright pressure on it. Because when he comes in, it's pretty much just her legs. Like right. you don't see anything before that. So Audrey dies. Like all but as she's dying, her wish to see more is that he wants she wants him to become more famous. So and the only way for that to happen is if Audrey keeps eating, Audrey too keeps eating and getting bigger. That'll so she states, when I die, feed me to Audrey too, so I can be a part of it. No, and so she dies, and he carries her in all tragic, and places her in Audrey Two's mouth. You get the it like everything is very slow too, not slow motion, but slow. Where like Audrey Two slowly opens up its mouth, Seymour, you know, gently puts her in the mouth, and then like as. Audrey 2 slowly closes the mouth. She slips in and disappears. And then he immediately, after this, runs up to the top of the building because he's going to jump off the building. He's going he's gonna to kill himself. Audrey wants Seymour to see more. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> and as he is contemplating his life, a man comes up and he states he is uh martin patrick martin he is a licensing and marketing executive for the world botanical enterprises and he offers seymour a proposal to sell audrey twos worldwide and he has one in his hand and he states that when he was there before he took a part of the original audrey two uh in order to grow this so seymour wants nothing to do with this he pretty much is like yeah fuck yourself he literally climbs down and he's like you know plants are public domain as seymour is climbing down the ladder Please. and yeah this is when um he goes back into the shop and pretty much confronts audrey too he's like this was your plan the whole time your plan the whole time was to pretty much take over the world and that's when we get the uh mean green mother from outer space and it's so good. And as this is going on, we get to see the fact that Audrey 2 breaks free from its pot. It pretty much gets legs in a way. And it gets vines that grow little Audrey 2's heads on them as they're singing the song. And I love it. <laughs> I'm a mean green mother from outer yes. space. <laughs> He's like, oh, outer space? Outer what? Space. I missed this? Like, have you ever literally. met the clowns? Have you ever met the clowns from out of space? The killers, the killer clowns from out of space. It's all in the same continuity. It comes out two years later, but I, yes, same 
Same planet. <laughs> he he's like he's like see what I can do. Yeah. Audrey also knows about the critters as well. Like <laughs> and the, very intelligent plant. And the mogwais and all that. Yep. <laughs> don't and, don't you know don't give them water after midnight. Mm-hmm. Don't give it blood. <laughs> <when it's on laughs> you can water this one though. That's okay. You yeah, can you can water, yes, water, you can this, water one. this one. It won't. Yeah. It won't. Just don't let it in the, the midst song. of anybody with blood. This song goes on for a while. It does, but it's so good. It's and so good. Yeah, and uh, Audrey too grabs onto Seymour and consumes him, spitting out his glasses <laughs> as a final farewell to Seymour. And as this happens, after this happens, this is when we get to see the narrator comes back, and the narrator is uh, Stanley Jones. I just wanted to mention him because he also narrates the beginning of the movie, and he talks about how consumerism takes over and people are buying the shit out of Audrey twos and succumbing to its demands for blood. And that's when you get to see just the chaos as this movie legit turns into a kaiju movie yep. because yeah. you have, you have literally my favorite shot of this entire original ending is the Audrey two on the fucking Brooklyn bridge, just swaying it. Yeah. Back that's and a cool forth. shot. It's such a cool shot. And then the ones that are walking down, just it, this scene goes on for a long time, but it is really cool. Like the Audrey two is just oh, yeah. out of the, the buildings. And one comes out of the river, like yep. the military is like, yeah, shooting at him that, that's shit. where it felt like an old fifties kaiju movie <laughs> yep. where it's just like literally or just a mon, not a kaiju movie, but a monster movie where it's just like yeah. the old, I mean, this does take place in the fifties, so it does kind of make sense. And then the well, final <laughs> shot is the Audrey two on top of the, Statue of Liberty, and it's just laughing, and it says the end with a question mark and an exclamation point. <laughs> yep. All I can think of is "Feed Me Seymour" to Mr. O'Malley from Osios. Oh, like I'm it, literally oh, singing it, yeah. it in my head right now, Mr. Crowley. Mr. Crowley. Yeah. Yeah. To Ozzy Osbourne's. Yeah. I mean. That's funny. Damn it. Yeah, it's over now. All you I can see you'll never you'll never not hear it. No. I I can't not hear it now. I love it though, after Seymour gets eaten and then you get to like the how Audrey two takes over the world. It's literally an American flag. And then the three girls come up and they're talking about it's like, you know, well now you know that you saw what happened before, now you get to see what happens because of the actions of what happened before. And then that's yeah. when it kind of shows everything that happened in it. It's so, it's such good work. And I think uh, Frank Oz talks about it in, um, it wasn't the making of, there was actually a commentary track that goes along with this original ending where he was talking about how there was so much work put into this ending. Cause there's so much puppet puppetry and miniature work and all the stuff that was done. And then they just pretty much, you know, they just like, nah, uh, no, it's too dark. It's too scary. People didn't want to see the protagonist, these people that they actually liked, you know, die. And they didn't want to see the monster win. So, you know, of course, the we get the other ending, which is literally um we get a similar ending where Seymour rescues Audrey from Audrey too, but she doesn't die. She's not like fatally wounded. Yeah. She literally like falls to the ground, and then she gets back up and they kind of leave. She does an, a different version of suddenly Seymour. And then he goes back in and 
it, we get the same thing where the building collapses on him, but he finds a electrical cord, an exposed electrical cord, and stabs it into one of the vines of Audrey too. And that's I love Audrey. Was it? What does an Audrey two go like? Oh shit! And then just something like that blows up. Yeah. 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 So yeah, those are your two different endings. I love this kaiju monster ending with just yes built like the fact that yes i understand like these are likable characters i like seymour i like audrey i i you know and and yes it sucks when you see like the likable characters die but it's such a it's just a unique ending that you don't see in a lot of movies and to see like the fact is like well yep this monster was gonna win all along Mm -hmm. and all of that awesome puppet work and miniature work and effects yes. work just looked fantastic. So yeah, I I would rather see this over the happier ending where they get their. I mean, it is. I guess it's cool to have that option. It's like, how do I feel today when you watch this movie? It's like, do I feel like I want to be like sad at the end, or do I want to be happy? And I'm gonna choose the sadder ending, but I understand why people would maybe like this uh, happier ending more i i can i can feel the like for the sad ending i hate the happy ending because dude literally comes around the corner and is like hey let me interrupt you guys second real quick yeah let me <laughs> oh, show you my literally piece yeah. of paper that i you know have in my pocket of my jacket like oh is this i the have guy, a the guy too. selling selling the thing was this jim belushi yeah. yeah, he wants to. He yeah. wants to take part of Audrey to make more. He has not yet. Oh, so but, that's another difference. And right. so, yeah, because when when you meet him in my version, he's literally in the. He already in has the, the Audrey alley. Too. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. on the roof with him. Like he literally oh, comes no. up as he's contemplating death. I guess they had to change it based on the fact that the only reason Seymour's up on the roof is because of the fact that Audrey's dead. So, yeah, make I sense. like the death version just because i'm a kaiju lover yep. like like he showed me this and i'm like watching as he's showing me this and i was like i've never seen this before so yeah. that i liked it this is the only one i had seen because i'd watched this movie before this i just seen the clip he's like hey there's what happens in the original ending and i was like oh shit as That's much as cool. i love audrey 2 i wanted audrey 2 to win like you get to the point in some movies where you're like, yes. Gotta root for the bad guy. Uh, literally. And he shows me this, and I'm like, fuck yeah. There's just a bunch of them running around. It's great. I, I need more. <laughs> oh, well, that is it. That is Little Shop of Horrors from 1986. I want to say out, out, you know, out here right now is I, I, my, our apologies for not singing more of the songs i am terrible at remembering lyrics especially i'd, I'd have I'm to be listening to the song yeah so uh like i said there are other episodes uh, covering this movie that are very musical so you can go do that uh go listen to, to uh, other episodes yeah. on this movie as i stated I don't sing in, in front episode. of people oh i'll sing i'm no, just but i need to I listen don't. to a song about a thousand times before i can actually get the lyrics down and be able to I need it like super loud. I need it to be where I can't hear myself sing. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people. Yeah. So I was forced to sing a lot as a kid. 
he he doesn't know this yet, but I was forced to sing a lot as a kid um, in Christmas plays. Yeah. I hate it. Remember the fucking things. So that's why I don't sing in front of people unless I can't hear myself because I hate hearing myself. Mm. But yeah. So me and Angela already showed our hand on this movie. We love it. It's a great, great musical. (laughs) How does it make you feel? Dan, what did you think about this movie after watching it? Uh, No. (laughs) No (laughs) shocker there. Did not give two shits for most of this movie. I should um, have recorded him watching this or not watching. Yes, was I was. I was paying attention. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I was paying attention. I knew shit that was going on. You were watching videos on. I wasn't watching videos. I was looking for content like in the comment section of Listen, videos. I could hear the YouTube because videos. I turned it on an accident. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, yes, I was paying attention to the film regardless of what my wife thinks was happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was sitting right beside. I you. know. And um, I, it just wasn't for me. I don't. I don't care for musicals. Um, like I said, I Rick, like the actors were fine. Rick Moranis is fine. The lady I know was just doing her part. I could not stand Audrey's voice. The lady who played Audrey or whatever. Um, I, I, I the best part of the movie for me was there was a few. He's literally in his box. I I, I understand that, but the uh, there's a few. Um, there's a few parts I found inter- like entertaining, like laugh worthy um, or chuckle worthy. And then like I, I, the best part of it was Audrey too. Like the effects I, I was in, just, I just like watching it for how the puppet moves because it's so fucking good. Like it looks good. It moves great. The lips and lip syncing is phenomenal on it because you wouldn't think that for just being a puppet. It was really fucking good. And uh, no, I, that was my favorite part. Uh, even um, Levi Stubbs does a great job as Audrey, too. And uh, yeah, I like I love the references to uh, to do wop and stuff like that. Again, like, you know, I grew up listening to that kind of stuff. None of the songs really stuck with me. They, some of them were pretty OK, but not really. Again, I'm not a musical guy. Um, I was trying to figure out when this took place, too, because I know it's allegedly it's the 50s. But then I like see vehicles in this. I was like, there's no fucking way this takes place in the 50s because the cop drives a 62 Impala mm-hmm. and there's a 58 fucking Bu- uh, Buick portholes, four door hard top that would not be beat the shit out of in the 50s like that. Um, but I digress. As a car owner, I noticed this shit or car guy, I noticed this shit. But um, it is well made. It is a well-made movie, and if you like musicals or with, you know with a horror aesthetic to them or a horror theme, this is probably for you. Uh, but again, especially for the effects, I love the ending though. The the five minutes of just like you know effects and miniatures and shit getting blown up, it is it's great. The the uh, original ending is great. Yeah, I forgot to mention some um, some stuff about the original. So the original's ending is the. Uh, Audrey 2 when it starts getting bigger it actually grows like it looks like sunflowers and each sunflower has the face of, of a person that it ate and Seymour at the end of the movie because he is wanted for murder pretty much because they find out that he has been feeding people to this plant uh, oh. sacrifices himself by jumping into Audrey 2 and being consumed 
and Audrey brings his mom down to the flower shop with Mushnik and the cops and all that. And you see a new sunflower open up and it's Seymour's face. And he's like, I'm sorry. And it was creepy as hell, man. It was oh, gotcha, yeah. the scariest part of the movie. I'm like, Jesus. I'm sorry. I, I could see. Yeah. That. I would say the original ending for this movie. I've not watched the original. I do want to see it, but the original ending for this movie was fucking sweet. Yeah. Oh, except for the, 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 the whole dynamic with the altered endings really reminded me of the original uh, Dawn of the Dead. Because in the original Dawn of the Dead, the two remaining living characters were supposed to kill themselves at the end of the movie because it was supposed to end very bleakly, but the studio would not allow Romero to do that. Which affected the outcome of Day of the Dead, which is why they wouldn't give him money because of how he wanted to do it. I wish they had let him, because not all movies need to be yep. end on a positive note. I can't remember, but the guy at the end was supposed to shoot himself because they was still in the upper floor of the of the mall in that little safe area and he couldn't get out. And the lady that was pregnant was supposed to just stand up into the helicopter blade and cut her head off. Cause the, the and then as, after that happened, the blade of the helicopter was supposed to just sputter out. They just didn't have fuel. They had no fuel to go anywhere. So they were dead anyway. Damn. So that was the, that was the original ending, but they're like, no, apparently I don't know if it was ever finished. Allegedly part of it was filmed. I don't think it's anywhere to watch, but just because, um, Night of the Living Dead was so. It would have fit fit with Night of the Living Dead. It yeah. was. It was but such Night an iconic ending. Dark and dreary ending. And I and to be honest, as and as much as you dislike the remake, the remake do, does kind of a similar thing where they yep. they show survivors making it out, but then when they get to the boat, they all get ambushed by zombies, and they you I don't think anyone survives in that movie. So it's. Damn. It's uh yeah. It's I, I to be honest, I really like the drastic difference in these endings. Yeah. And I like I like I stated before, it's one of those things where you can kind of you know, like I said, I think the only difference between the two Poor versions tops. are the ending. So yeah. um it's just I guess what kind of mood you're in. Do you wanna you know end on a happy note? See Seymour and Audrey live their life uh as she envisioned in her better homes and gardens magazine or do you want to see monster kaiju size audrey twos destroying new york city and rocking the brooklyn bridge and doing some crazy shit like i don't know i like that (laughs) same literally you know you have most females that are like i want to see the loving ending i don't I'm right I don't there think with it's you. just females. I just think there are just people out there who just want that happier ending. But you, you mostly get that from my side of the spectrum. Like you get those ladies that are like, "Yes, I do love the loving ending of certain movies. This one, no. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted death and destruction from both, both sides." Well, I'll also state that I was wrong. It's four tops, not the four seasons, and that fucking matters. Yes, Sorry. because they were two different. Yes, everybody's been two. everybody's been yelling at you while listening to this. I just need to make sure because I would do the same thing, baby. I I need your loving. What? Gotta have your loving. There was some uh, summertime loving. No, I'm just kidding. It's different. That is summertime loving. Happens so fast. Oh, Dang it! You've got me laughing, and I really need to go pee. Well, go pee then. So yeah, so um. I know uh, it was probably it's probably disappointing to listen to this episode and not hear us belting out the the words to the songs or you know all that enough. stuff and you know that's just 
listen, it's our first go around with the musical. It's not uh not what we usually do, but we were just happy to be able to talk about it. And there was a lot to talk about with this movie. And unfortunately, as I stated before, not good with uh not good with lyrics. And I didn't want to fuck up the songs for you all. You know, I don't want to disappoint the 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 fans of this movie. So um you yeah. motherfuckers were happy to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like hanging out with you guys and I love the effects. So I'm yeah. just not drunk enough. The effects, the effects were fantastic in this movie. And um, this is, as somebody who is not a big musical fan, this is one I could definitely go back and rewatch over and over again. Like, it's just, a, it's a good time. Like, it's got a great cast. It's got great songs. It's got great effects. It feels like a play, which is funny. Like, the sets just look very, like, much like yeah. it could be on a stage. And uh, it's a, it's fine by me. It works. So stop looking at me like now we are going to go over to social media as we do every week and read off what you all thought of this movie. And we had a lot of positive uh, responses to this movie. Nothing too negative. So we're going to start over at Twitter slash X with our first comment being from our friends over at Doom Generation podcast who said, yeah, but will it be as musical as ours? I want to hear you belt it out. (laughs) And I said, and I just sent a gif of John Candy going. No. Um, (laughs) I had more confidence in myself, um, but I didn't have enough alcohol. Just yeah, it just it just didn't come to fruition. We apologize. We hope it wasn't super disappointing episode. We hope you still had a good time. (laughs) Two downloads. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just kidding. I'm just kidding. Our next comment is from BP over at the Let's Talk Horror channel, who said it's only the greatest musical ever made. A fun watch, 100% committed performances. Audrey 2 is still some of the best practical effects slash puppet thing or whatever it is. And of course, the songs sound great and are super catchy. It's a shame they didn't go with the better ending. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, really. Our next one is from David Palmer at Mr. Palmer, who says, Adore this film. Love the music and all the cameos in it. Rick Moranis is excellent, but the real star is Audrey 2. Feed me, Seymour. Yes. Again, for anyone who is listening, who is is listening to the audio version of the episode, please go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dissect that film. And you don't have to listen or watch the whole episode, but at least watch enough so you can see Audrey 2 in the background hanging out with Dan and Angela. Uh, Audrey 2 will get better. It's glorious. Just saying. <laughs> our next comment is from the Emperor's New Podcast or at Podcast T E N P, who says, Oh man, if I had known sooner, I would have requested being considered as a guest. This is one of my favorite musicals. And there'd be a lot to talk about, like how the director's cut is one of the scariest things ever when you actually think about it. I mean, you're not wrong. That is a pretty terrifying way to end something. Uh, and our last one over on Twitter slash X is from Super Nerd five two five seven five one, who says, "I'm not into musicals, but I love this movie." Uh, we have one comment over on Instagram from Spoils of Horror, a great podcast, Ooh. who says, "Yes, such a great movie." See so many so many positive responses to this movie. So I hope whoever listens to it isn't super disappointed. And not um, listening to me. Don't just don't listen to me at all. Listen, <laughs> I am one of those that is positive I'm, until doesn't need to be positive go watch it just watch it yeah. once that's that's all you need and we got one comment over on threads from contrarian prime 
who says, Ooh. was too young the first time I watched this. Or Sorry, let me start that over again. Was too young the first time I watched it, so I didn't like it. Next time around, I loved it. Became a little obsessed with it for a while. Last time I rewatched it, though, there was something about the theater. <laughs> oh, God. Theatrical. Oh, Lord. Theatricality? Theatrical. Theatricality. Theatricality. Thank you. I can't fucking read of it. That Ooh. didn't quite work for me all the way. I'll probably love it again next time I watch it. God, did I just sound like a complete fucking moron. I'm, I was looking at that word and my mouth could not form it. Like, it took Ugh. it took me you saying it a few times and I was like, wait a minute. Theatricality. Theatricality. I know how to read. My brain just shut off. Um, no comments on Facebook, no comments anywhere else. But thank you to everyone who did leave a comment on all those social medias. We appreciate you very much. Remember, we do this every single week. So make sure to, or every time we record, I say every single week, but we record um, multiple times a week sometimes. So whenever you see us post about a movie, usually it's a now watching, recording tomorrow or whatever. Usually we do it the day before we record. I pretty much ask you, what do you think of this movie? Leave your comments. And uh, yeah, and you guys have been really killing it here in season two. So we appreciate your comments. We appreciate everything you guys uh, do to be a part of the show. We want to hear more. Um, please, you know, even if you don't like a movie, please let us know. We we love listening and and hearing or reading your comments, as I sh- as I should say. Um, so yeah, that's a uh, that's it over there. Next week we are going back into the world of Disney animation, as we are joined by not our normal friend from flicks and friends podcast but from our other friend over at flicks and friends podcast as we are going to be joined by paul as he hangs out with us to talk about 1986's the great mouse detective the film that kind of brought disney animation back to life and uh, i'm very excited to bring him onto the show he has never been on the show and uh it's it's going to be very exciting to have him on to talk about an animated film because he is very passionate about it and he was very excited when we asked him to be on for this movie. So he's probably going to bring a lot of knowledge. Um, and I'm not even going to try to compete with that. I'm just going to let him go. It's going to be a good time. So <laughs> Sweet. I love Paul because he doesn't make me feel like I am the nerdy one when it comes to certain things. Uh, you got to just not care about that. I Listen. <laughs> Sometimes it's difficult. It's really fun to talk to him. Yes, it is. And I'm very excited to have him on. So that will be, and that was my pick. So I'm very excited to uh, revisit this movie because oh yeah, I watch it at least once or twice a year. So it's going to be a good one. So thank you for everybody for listening. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the love you guys have been sharing, uh, sharing all the love you've been showing. Uh, for season two and everything that we've been doing here, you know, getting back into the groove of things after being being gone. But we're back. This is our second month back, and we can't. Yep. We couldn't be more excited to, you know, bring out bring you more movies and uh, more discussions and bringing back guests or having new guests come on. It's a great time. So you can find dissect that film on all the social medias: uh, Twitter slash X, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Blue Sky. TikTok, um, I might be I might be missing something, but we're on, just type in dissect that film on any of those social medias, and most likely you're going to find us. 
Uh, you're li- if you're listening to us right now, we're on podcast apps, and whatever app you're listening to us on, you should leave us a five-star rating because it really helps us out. It really spreads the, the awareness of the show. We want new people coming in to listen to the show, but we appreciate everybody who's been hanging with us for as long as you have. Um, if you have any questions or, or uh, requests that you would like to make, uh, please email us at dissectthatfilm at gmail.com. I always forget to plug the, the email. Uh, yeah, you guys can send us emails on suggestions or, you know, hey, you want to send a, hey, thanks, thank, you know, an appreciation email or whatever. Please, we appreciate anything, uh, but we we definitely appreciate those ratings, those reviews on the podcast apps. Uh, we are on we are on YouTube too, so if you want to see us in our animated form here, uh, seeing our faces and everything that we're doing, and Audrey too, especially in this episode, please go to YouTube.com/slash dissect that film. Subscribe; it's free. Like the video, leave us a comment on what you thought of the episode, or just leave us a comment. Uh, we we'd love to read them. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, we're trying to, we're, we're trying to get to a thousand subscribers this year. So, you know, just going over there and hitting the subscribe button, even if you don't watch, we, you know, we appreciate the support in uh, any way possible. And last thing we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash dissect that film where for $1, Angela's going to knock down her mic. So every time you give us a dollar, she will punch her microphone off of her stand. It's going to be a great Oops. time. No, for a single dollar, it's a it uh, helps support us. It pay, helps us pay for uh, programs that we use for the show, and uh, you get a little bit of extra stuff. We release episodes a little a few days early. Uh, we have some bloopers, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, it's a it's a lot of fun, and we also have a five dollar tier where you get a bonus show called The Monster Zone, which is hosted by Dan and Angela. Uh, that's a lot of fun. We're also going to be doing commentary tracks. We're also going to be doing watch alongs. There's a lot of stuff in the works for Patreon. So if you want to help us financially and, uh, you know, just support the show in a little extra way, uh, patreon.com slash dissect that film really would, we would appreciate it. It's not necessary, but we would greatly appreciate it if you do. So I want to thank our patrons. We have Jason or nerdrovert. We have Robert Stewart, Rudy, five, four, five, three, Andrew Schoening, Eric Stein, uh, the Baron's Hideout Podcast, Dan and Angela of DNA Gaming, Billy Joseph Jr., the Flicks and Friends Podcast, and Doom Generation. Thank you so much for being patrons and helping support the show. You guys are amazing. And uh, yeah, everything will be down in the, in the description of the video or in the show notes. You can also find all our personal links down there as well. That is it, everybody. We are very excited. Talk about another Disney animated film next week as we talk about the Great Mouse Detective. So thank you very much. But until next time, I am Brett Parker. That is Dan and Angela of DNA Gaming. We are Dissect That Film, and this has been another episode of the Dissect That Film podcast. We'll see you all again next time. Bye bye. Bye. Feed me, Seymour.